This is the Super Sports Schools Podcast, bringing you stories of our future stars powered by Spurs Stake Ranchers. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Super Sports Schools Podcast brought to you by Spur. I'm Alex White and this week we're at Durban Girls College for their under 16 water polo tournament. It's hot here which means that summer is coming and it's time for another water polo season. So we thought in this episode, we'd look ahead at the season to come and I get to geek out a little bit because we chat to Lee Keats, who played water polo for South Africa at the highest level and now referees for South Africa at the highest level. So we're gonna talk about the new rules and instructions for water polo and what the intentions behind them is. But first, here's Lee. Lee Keats, thanks so much for joining us on the Super Sports Schools podcast. Just to start off, can you introduce yourself to us? Um, my name is Lee Keats. Obviously, married surname is Stuart, but we always keep answering to Keats anyway. Um, I am a wife to Don Stuart. I am a mum to two uh, beautiful little girls. Um, I am a water polo nerd, and um, I'm a teacher at Northlands Primary School. And yes, that's a, that's pretty much it. We're here today to talk about you as a water polo nerd. That's what we want to focus on. I'm interested to know where it started. Why water polo? Well, um, coming from a school like Clarendon High School um, and primary school and living in East London, your main hangout or the, the best time was just being around the Joan Harrison. And you just could not play water polo. If there was a ball in the water, you played. So from the primary school the water polo ball was getting thrown into the diving pool. So it was just one of those fun games that we got involved in at a very young age. My dad coached. And um, I was very lucky to grow up in East London where that water polo wasn't just a sport you played. It was a lifestyle. It was um, it was a place where everyone joined together. The community was there. It was just part of, you know, just growing up. And we were very lucky to have good role models and mentors and coaches there. And the bike bit very early. And I remember trying out for the border ladies team when I was in grade eight. And I was bitterly disappointed. But, you know, it's, it's, um, that's how much I loved the sport so much. I just wanted to play as much as I could. And how far did you take it as a player? I went to four World Champs um, at Commonwealth Games. And, um, yeah, that was... So about as far as you could take it. Pretty much, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. And then something else that we know, we've had Marcel on your sister on the podcast as well. And New Zealand have the Barrett brothers who all played in the All Blacks at the same time. South Africa, we have the Keats who all play for South Africa at the same time. Yeah, we we were very, very lucky. The um, world champs in Rome, they were the three of us playing. I think Celie did tell the story once. It was, uh, we all played, I was cap number eight. Um, Samantha was cap number nine and Marcel was cap number 10. So when they introduce you in your water polo lineup before every international, numero otto, kit, numero ninten, or whatever nine is, um, kit, and numero 10 was uh, Marcel. So it was very, very cool listening to all three. Keats, 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 yeah. <laughs> just, um, the LaRue brothers were also, also one of the, the, um, sibling, sibling teamsters as well, but, um, yeah, it's it was very very cool traveling with him, touring with your sisters, and having a constant training partner all the time. You know, at home, that was that was also very very cool. And then, any highlights from your experience playing polo for South Africa? 
There, too many. There are there the we as a South Africa, we being a non-professional um, outfit, we being able to go to those tournaments is alone an honor and an opportunity that you you can never you know you, it's something you you try and explain to people, but um, that experience alone, being able to play against Olympians, being able to play against Olympic champions, you learn how to play hard. You learn how to play harder. You. You see what a professional outfit looks like. And you can always act like a professional, but being experienced to the way that they do things and being able to bring that home is is something that um, every single little girl who's playing now can look forward to one day. You know, it's it's something remarkable as a player to be able to be part of that whole, whole vibe. It's very, very cool. As something also in South Africa that we aspire to having one day is that all of major sports become professional because uh, obviously we don't have it and I remember in the hockey podcast with Marcel we were talking about hockey as a perfect example of that of of not being professional for the women's game and for water polo across the board not being professional the thing about water polo that's so interesting in South Africa is that at school level it's massive and we're here at Durban Girls College today there's a big festival going on behind us uh, I went to an all-boys school water polo is massive but I don't really know about water polo outside of school. And I think for a lot of people in South Africa, the water polo they know is, is school water polo. So there's something that schools are getting right. What do you think needs to be done to kind of bridge that gap and to take it further? Um, you know, the, when you go to Europe and you go to Australia and, you know, all the, um, the professional setups, you've got club structures that are financially supporting the national setup. So... Schools can't support our national setup. That's it's not a reality, you know. So, the clubs in all the other countries they the ones that support the professionalism within the national um, program. So, we as South Africa, uh, we have been. It's really I think one of the reasons why rugby is so strong because from a grassroots level, we've got such a good school rugby system, and with water polo, we've got such a good school water polo system. But unfortunately. Once we leave school, we can only get to a university system or there are some clubs out there, but they're not as many clubs as there are school programs. So if we can improve our club systems, um, you know, to a point that the clubs are supporting our national program, I think that would help a, help a lot. Yeah. And then hopefully one day we can see it becoming professional and having having more clubs as well. I think that would be so cool because there are so many people who play water polo at school and then maybe don't play it afterwards and, and would like to. Uh, but you you didn't stop playing and then leave water polo behind completely. You're still incredibly involved now. And I want to talk about that transition because I gave up, as an example, I gave up rugby, stopped playing in grade seven and then started refereeing rugby in grade nine. And for me, it was all about staying involved in the game and I just had a a passion for the laws and the technicality of it. I really like that. I know lots of people hate the laws, but I just, the whole technical aspect about it, and it's a challenge every single time, um, and it's a way to stay fit. All of that. I, I love it. And I know it takes a specific type of person to get into it. So for you, what was it that put you on that path? Um, I was very lucky that the relationships that I made through Water Polo led me into a um, I was actually, uh, I was at the right place at the right time. 
I literally just kind of hung up my cap and um, Guy Pinker, who was our South African delegate on the FINA water polo um, delegates, he, they were looking for more female refs and I put my hand up. You know, my dad always used to say, if you know the rules well enough, you can manipulate the rules well enough in the pool. So I made sure that, you know, you know enough to be able to use it to your advantage. So I knew the rules back to front. I mean, like I said, I was a water polo nerd. So knowing the rules in the pool it became quite easy to officiate a game out the pool. And to be honest, um, my refereeing career actually started at Masters in the 60-plus pool in East London where they do have enough referees. <laughs> I think I was also grade nine, grade eight, and I had to, they needed a referee to ref some of those games. And I just, I loved it. To be honest, I loved the tension that I got more than actually refereeing the game. <laughs> but I learned that it was actually quite nice. You know, it was it was nice to you be, be able to control a game, to be able to implement the knowledge that you learned from playing it for so long. And it, it was quite easy to, you know, um, kind of grow in the refereeing platform. I was very lucky that um, I had mentors like um, Gus Pinker and now um, Dion Willis, who's really been helping me with my refereeing career. He's also now on the FINA delegate. And being a female referee, there is um, there is a need for it at an international um, platform. So... I could say I was, um, I was the word, uh, kind of, I got to places a lot quicker than other people because of being a female. But in saying that, it was also my knowledge. You know, when I got to those places, I didn't let anyone down. I was able to hold my own, make a mark for myself and on an international scene and then carry on. And any highlights from that journey so far? Um, well, definitely would be um, Serbia. The, the World Under-18 Championships, I managed to officiate the final, um, which was has definitely been the highlight so far. It was extremely nerve-wracking because uh, that pool system, you've just got this little platform and the crowd is about 30 centimeters behind you. So it's, you know, you're not... You, you feel it. <laughs> you feel, yeah. literally feel it. And um, at that level, you know, when you're playing, you know, if you make a mistake, your team kind of backs you and can fix your mistake for you. But when you're refing, yet you one mistake could literally cost a final for another country, you know, uh, yeah. set their program back or, you know, so that, but I just, that energy and that intensity and that, that, that stepping up to that level of water polo, just, it really makes me excited because, you know, that's just the level that I'd like our water polo to be on. So it's nice to be there, yeah. And it's always cool to stay involved in the sport that you love and that especially one that if you're a nerd, you'd love the sport you want to stay involved. So I can relate to that. Um, to get a bit technical now because I, I love to do that when we're talking about sports and laws and things and having a fellow ref, that's very exciting. First of all, referee or umpire, you've been saying referee, so I take it it's referee for water polo. The super sports schools team behind the scenes were a bit undecided on exactly what you were officially called and off air you were telling me something that I've never heard before I'd like you to repeat it because the difference between a referee and an umpire I never knew this and this is amazing so I was told and I did do a little bit of research so a referee is anything without a 
a weapon of sorts. An umpire is a, a bat, a stick, a racket, um, anything that is an umpire. And there obviously are exceptions, but I can think already hockey, there's sticks, cricket, there's stick, there's bats, bats yeah, yeah. Umpire, yeah. Uh, tennis, there rackets, rackets and umpire, rugby, yeah. football, there's no, there's just us. Ball. Yeah. Yeah, no. referee, yeah. Cool. No, I, I like that. And I didn't know that. And I'm definitely going to remember that and use it as often as possible. We're going to throw it into a future quiz, I think, and see whoever we get on in the future has been, been listening. Uh, then the other thing, there are generally two of you at the pool, one on either side. So you have to communicate. Sometimes you obviously work with a team, uh, especially in rugby. It used to be a game refereed by one person. Now it's a referee, his two ARs, the uh, television match official so they're generally four people in charge of a match so for water polo the communication if you see something they see something and you might not agree so at an international level you use earpieces so you're communicating constantly with your colleague on the other side and um, lately what has been included at an international platform is a VAR referee so anything that could be considered a violent action that you as a as two referees pool deck didn't see can be brought to your attention through the VAR, which is very nice because there's a lot happening in transition from one attack to the other attack that you can't watch everything. When you split the pool, you split it diagonally and the you watching the attack on your right-hand side, on your right hand, and that would be called the hole. So you watch and we also number the players. So one, two, three, four, five. So um, you speak before and you say, okay, will you watch my one and two um closer to you I'll watch the rest you know so you do communicate a lot um, on your earpieces and then now at a local level when you don't have that technology you um, there's a lot of eye communication when you've been riffing the community is so small you start learning the different eye little like little nuances that the other referees have like you know so you kind of start you the relationships we have as a riffing community you 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 understand how the other person does ref. So, yeah, you, we, if we've got like our little um, kind of uh, ways to back each other up, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And I'm sure it helps, uh, especially when there's a big crowd, lots of noise. Uh, you, you're never going to be able to communicate with anything other than visually standing on opposite sides of the pool. Uh, so it's good to have those those little signals at hand, ready to, to use them. At the, the local level, if there's anyone interested, anyone who thinks they want to stay involved in water polo but not necessarily play, what would you say to them? And uh, what 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 are the highlights of a refereeing journey? Because I know sometimes, especially uh, on my journey, people look at it and say, why would you ever want to do that? It's just everyone gets upset with you all the time. But there's a, there's a whole side to it that's just so yeah. rewarding. Um, so there are a lot of... Um, mentors in the different provinces you can get hold of if you want to start your refereeing journey but if my best advice is refereeing at a the hardest level of any any refereeing is under 13 without a doubt without a doubt it is if you really want to learn about your refereeing that's the age group you go because everything happens from the technical aspect to the physical aspect you it's the best place to learn because it's slow enough for you to get into it but everything is happening so you do you have to be aware yes, of everything because I everything. think also as you get to the professional level teams are more structured they're going to 
do so fewer of the silly technical things. You've yeah. got more support. Obviously, there's added pressure because yeah. of the level. But in terms of spotting all the technical things, yeah. it can become a bit simpler. And it, and it is really rewarding because, you know, you there are times where you are educating the players in the pool at the same time that sometimes um, coaches don't have time to get to that point. You know, the, the things about the, the new goal area, you know, a lot of people don't understand or haven't been experienced it enough, you know. So you as a referee are educating at the same time as officiating. So it's, it's is really exciting. Spur back bacon is like having fillet for breakfast. Because back bacon has more meat and less fat. And we grill that back bacon at 350 degrees. Then serve it with two large eggs, golden chips, grilled tomato, toast and jam. And at only $49.90 for our unreal breakfast. Why not bring the whole family? Spur. People with a taste for life. T's and C's apply. You mentioned the new goal area. New rules, laws, that's another thing. Rules or laws for water polo? So it is rules and instructions. Rules and instructions. Yes. So the rules and instructions for water polo, new ones, changes. So Can you help help take us through that? So at a at a level that <laughs> yeah. that the nerds <laughs> the nerds yeah, that. The, not the nerds for, for, for everyone else. So it's been quite difficult for especially the world aquatics to be able to make the game easy enough to understand for anyone who hasn't watched water polo. So less whistles off the ball, but also be able to protect the players when it comes to water polo. It is one of the most physical sports you, you can. Off the ball is, it's monitored. The the pulling, the pushing, the kicking off is allowed to a certain point. So it is very physical and it, it is really, um, um, you know, it's the, the, the girls and, and, and the men, they, they, it, it's quite, it's a tough a game to sports. I mean, it was ranked one of the, the world's toughest sports. So to be able to maintain an equilibrium between keeping the players safe and not blowing your whistle as much for the audience to be able to watch and enjoy, they, they've done a lot of new instructions for the game. So things like there's a goal area, which is two meters in front of the goals and outside the goals where you can't come into the that area at all protects the goalie but now you can play the ball around it so it's opened up a lot of cross paths onto the post it's been it's very exciting at the last world champs now in um, japan the amount of goals scored off that post was it was just amazing water polo to watch so physical so tough so high just it was just amazing so it's allowing for more exciting, more goals being scored, a lot more goals being scored. I mean, the one game at World Champs, there were 47 goals scored, and it was like 22. Wow. Yeah, it was like 22 to 24. It wasn't that. So it wasn't 47. No, no it, it was, was an close equal. Game. It was a close game, and it yeah. was just goals, goals, which is what people want to see. They want to see the goals. Yeah. yeah. So it was very exciting. And the, and the rules are encouraging more attacking play. You know, they want people to, to attack with the whistle being blown all the time so that's where it's that's um that that equilibrium has to kind of be maintained i do think if you haven't watched water polo before and you rock up at the pool especially a couple of years ago you're going to hear the whistle all the time all the time and it might be there's the ball there's the player with the ball and then it's something back there back there that yeah. you're being called back for yeah. so that's cool to yes. hear. yeah yeah and uh, where where would you 
like to see it go over the next year and a bit? Do you think it's where it should be? Um, well, the, there's Doha that's happening next year, which is the World Champs. So there's a, a new instruction being played now at the world, uh, the girls under 20 World Champs um, in Portugal, where a coach is allowed to have a referral. So you can call a referral for a penalty or for take that penalty away, which is allowing, um, again, more um, protection of the game, you know, protection of your players. So that's that's going to be quite exciting, a new addition to the sport. You know, so be like hockey, you know, the, the captain's referral for a short corner. Yes, so something similar to that. Um, I, the, the game itself is just on this huge um, momentum forward of high-scoring games, super fast transitions. Um, with this goal area, you can't, for the water polo people out there, you can't really drop too much because the shot's just going to come from the outside because you can't front mark as much as you can now anymore because of the ball being coming in behind you. Um, if you're walking at the back and you've got top shooters in the top, so this, these new instructions and these new rules are allowing for way more attack and way more kickouts for your extra mans, which is where I see the sport going. It's just going to go from one attack to another attack, kickouts or shots. So every, almost like netball. So every attack yes. will be a goal. Yes. So that's what it's yeah. probably going to be going yeah. to. Yeah. And I think that's what water polo already with the, the 30 seconds and it's very attack focused and this is going to just help iron it out yeah. and, and streamline it. So that's cool to hear. Something else I like asking referees of various sports and a nerd <laughs> like <laughs> yourself, any anything in the rules and instructions that you think actually might surprise people that they don't know is in there? Anything anything surprising? Um, you can get a yellow card for faking or assimilating. A lot of people don't know that. So if you're pretending to get pulled back or you're pretending, you can actually get a card for that. Um, the coach is the only person on the bench who's allowed a, a, a yellow. Anyone else shouting is a straight red and you have to leave. Um, uh, I suppose. I wish, I wish in, in rugby, I know we can send people from the playing enclosure, but it rarely happens and we just take the, the abuse, which is so bad (laughs) sometimes. So I wish there was a proper formalized, like in water polo. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's set. Everyone knows you as a as a coach, uh, a, a player outside. Yeah, but you see, water players. polo coaches have a direct influence in the game. You know, with the with the rugby box, your, your field is so big. The person on the other side is never going to hear you. Yeah. In water polo, a coach is so important to the game. He can tell you to go right, and you go right, and that can influence the game completely. So. That, that is why it's so important to have those rules about the bench. That they all behave properly. They all behave sometimes. <laughs> okay. But I, I like that interesting one about the faking and that yeah, you can yes. be yellow carded for that. Yes. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, other than that, it's, um, it's really just to protect the players. So anything that could lead to an act of violence or any um, retaliation from a player, you just want to cut out. So... The game itself is to protect the players. The laws and rules is just to protect um, the players in the gap. Fantastic. We're going to go to the quiz in just a couple of moments so we can put that nerd knowledge to the test. (laughs) But uh, just before we do that, we're at Durban um, Girls College. We're talking about water polo. 
school water polo in South Africa, we've already said it's doing so well. What are your thoughts on school water polo going forward? Where would you like to see it grow to in the next couple of years? Or do you think it's already there? It's being streamed now with super sports schools. Just your, your general thoughts on, on that as someone who played water polo and now refs water polo. She's, I think the opportunities every, all the players at schools are getting, it's something we, we never had, you know, so the, the schools are doing a really good job promoting the sport and getting the players to this level. I mean, if, if you look at our, our national under 20 team, we've got school girls in there, you know, so it's, it's good. The, the schools are doing a very, very good job with, with water polo in our country. They're basically holding it together. Yeah. Cool. Happy to end on that. So now we're going to go to the super sport schools podcast quiz. You'll have 60 seconds to answer as many questions correctly as you can. If you don't know the answer, just say pass. We'll go on to the next one. Most of them are just one word, straight, simple, quick answers. And at the moment, Tahira Augusti, the South African national women's hockey player who is in matric this year, she's at the top of the leaderboard with 13. It was a very hockey-focused quiz. This is a more general one. And uh, your sister, Marcel, though she was in a pair, they got eight. I guess it's just to be eight. Lee Keats, are you ready to play the Supersport Schools podcast quiz? Okay. Your time starts now. Which school is ranked number one for eight under 18 boys hockey in the country? I think my sister got this one. I think it is sex. Correct. Ah. Name one of the four colors on the Supersport School's logo. Red. Correct. In total, how many games will we played in the 2023 Rugby World Cup? 47, 48 or 49? That's three, even number 48. Correct. How much time is possession limited to in water polo before the ball must be turned over? 30. Correct. In golf, an albatross is a hole in one on a par watch. Uh, part four. Correct. True or false? Supersport schools will stream the 2023 Sachs water polo tournament. Definitely. Correct. How long in meters is a typical athletics track? 100. 400. 400 in a row. Oh, how many sorry. players is a water polo team allowed to have in the water at any time? Seven. Correct. In cricket, how many wickets does it usually take for a team to be bowled out? 11. It's 10. 10. True or false? In water polo, you cannot score a goal using your fist. True. Correct. Which South African cricket stadium has the biggest capacity? Mm, the, uh, someone in Joburg <laughs> uh, time is up there it is in Joburg I was looking for Wanderers uh, but I think despite that I'm going to have to do a count quickly is it 8? no I couldn't do the same as myself oh if you just said Wanderers but it's 8 8 and a half 8 and a half ok <laughs> we can say it's 8 and a half you knew at least it was in Joburg so there you beat, beat Marcel but yes. me Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank Thanks you. Thanks for, for the chatting. opportunity. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for what you guys are doing. It's very, very cool. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Supersport Schools podcast brought to you by Spur here on DSTV channel 216, the home of school sports. Each week we have a new episode every Wednesday at seven o'clock. So make sure you catch us again next week. And remember that you can also listen to the podcast wherever it is that you get your podcasts and watch any episodes that you've missed on YouTube. I'll see you next time. But from me, Alex, here in Durban, bye-bye. This has been the Super Sports Schools Podcast, bringing you stories of our future stars, powered by Spurs Take Ranchers. And now the podcast from Joy of Media.